0: Now what do you think Mrs. Cream would like for dinner? Oh, oh, oh you have free rein. Just bear in mind she can't have shellfish, poultry, red meat, saturated fats, nitrates, wheat, starch, sulfites, MSG or dairy.
1: And that's from Fraser. And that's like going out to eat with me. I'm sorry to say, but I don't have garlic, I don't have pepper, red or green peppers, and I don't have onions. And so when I sit down at an Italian restaurant, it's very awkward. I mean, I have to say to them, what's on your menu that doesn't have garlic or onions or peppers? And so finally, my husband gave me this little square that just says, no garlic, no onions, no peppers. And I just hand it to them and I say, yes, could you prepare my meal like this without this? And I'm a little, I feel a little less high maintenance. I'm Dr. Alan Kenner and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And if you're dealing with somebody who has problems with eating. Maybe they're uh, eating too much and they don't know how to shed the pounds. Maybe they're eating too little. They're trying to look beautiful and it's not healthy or they're eating the wrong things. You can pick up the phone and give me a call. I'm not a nutritionist. I am a psychologist. I'm a clinical psychologist and that means you can also call me with any concerns you're having in your personal life, whether it has to do with your hubby or your kids or friends um, or yourself. And right now I want to turn to the phones and welcome Meredith. Meredith, you're dealing with a separation?
0: I am. I'm getting ready to, unfortunately, have to deal with one, and this has been an exceptionally hard day. I've, I've just, I have fought this separation for, I don't know, five, six months now, and don't think that what I've been doing is working, considering the fact that I'm probably getting ready to start packing as I hang up the phone with you.
1: Okay, so yeah. the, just give me a little more background information. Are you separating for from a marriage? Yes, yeah, thirteen,
0: a, thirteen years, thirteen and, uh, years. Kids,
1: one. How old? Fourteen. A fourteen-year-old girl, yeah. a boy, da- daughter, a daughter. Okay, and it sounds like you're not the one that's initiating the separation. No,
0: I'm not. Um, Long story short, and it sounds so ridiculously silly, but um, my husband and I, we were arguing one day and um, really didn't argue that much, but we were arguing that particular day. And I was just very angry and said something that I probably should not have said. um, And he really took this personally. And I really didn't mean it personally. I think I was saying it out of anger and also said it just basically to get the attention that I felt like I was, any attention at that point would have been better than none. Yeah. And, and and said it out of anger and out of an attention-getting moment. And, boy, did I ever mess up. And, and uh, you know, his words were, I don't know why you would say that to me. Look at all that we've been through and look at all that I've done for you and I think that just about does it for me. And he meant it. <laughs> he meant it. And I have begged and I have pleaded and I feel like I don't I, I feel like I don't even have any self um left. I mean I I, I self esteem. I, I mean I've done everything wrong. Instead of probably giving him the space that he probably needs, I've dug in and, and said, I'm not leaving if you want a separation, you go get one. But we just build a new home, and we've got the lake house that we've always wanted, and we have a child that depends on her mother and her father being together, and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and he is just really, you know, is getting to the point to where I am going to have to leave, and um, or somebody is, and I'm just not handling it well at all.
1: Understandably. So it, it was that just the tip of the iceberg when you let go? I'm not sure if you want to share what you said or the ballpark of what you said. So well, I, have
0: I don't think I mind at this point. Um, it was really ugly. I, My words were, how does it make you feel to know that your wife hates you?
1: Okay, so you told him you hated him. I did. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I would like to just do a little sidebar. Um, I once went to a conference on love, and one of the speakers talked about marital hatred. And he <laughs> says, you know, when I bring up the topic of marital hatred, nobody in my audiences has ever come up and said to me, why do you say hatred? Right. Because so many people feel such a range of emotion in a close a relationship like that, especially for 13 years, yeah. that it's a rare yeah. couple that doesn't experience some hurt, some anger, some intense feelings of it's not fair. And if they don't have communication skills, if they don't know how to express that and they hold it in, it can build. And it's very common for people to feel that. But however he took it, it sounds like it was very profound, very cutting for him. Was it on, um, was it the tip of the iceberg were there a lot of things going on between
0: you? Yes, yes. I think that was just kind of the breaking point, really. I think, um, I feel like that I'm married to someone who wants a business partner more. How so? Okay. Yes, and I, I have never been that for him. I'm no. an educated person, but I have never been what he feels like he needs. Um, he has an expectation level that it's very hard for me to meet in any aspect of our marriage, whether it be house cleaning, appearance, um, just any day-to-day thing. He's a very, I don't really know what the word is, he's not necessarily a perfectionist, but he sees things the way he wants them done. And in, even when he finds himself falling short and he's not able to fulfill his own goals, he's very difficult. And he's very driven, and and I'm not. I like, I like nice things. I like fun things, but I also enjoy my family as well. And it's not been near as important to me to be that that partner that he wants. His idea to me is in a marriage is, just, you know, when he says I need some help financially, well, I, could, I don't feel like I could ever really give him financially what he really feels like he expects. And that's been a very big, big issue in our marriage and um he has a mother that is a wonderful, wonderful person, but she's everything that I'm not and And I think that he does maybe if it's subconsciously, I think he holds me to that level, and oh. I just don't meet it and
1: so it sounds like you're wanting a divorce. It sounds like he, I mean, if you look at it from his perspective, you're going to feel very inadequate. It sounds like you both have a different pacing to life, different goals, and you've been chronically living with somebody who mirrors you back as you're not good enough. You know, well, that's
0: exactly Meredith, you're not good
1: enough. You know, you're kind of okay. You do some nice things around the house, but they're not good enough. Well, that's exactly the way I feel. And if that's the way you feel, then it may not be so much hatred of him, but not like not having the emotional intimacy that you want in a partner, because the 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 fundamental. Um, quality that you want in a dynamite romantic relationship where you don't hate one another wow. is that you feel valued and visible and cherished and cared for for the things you value most in yourself and y- it's not that you don't see where you can both grow but you're a friend supporting one another right. not looking down uh trying to um say, not good enough, not good enough, and be that critical judge or the critical parent. So it's sounding like you're wanting a separation.
0: Well, I sure don't feel that way.
1: I know it doesn't feel it, because if you frame it, the skill is to reframe. In cognitive therapy, it's called cognitive reframing. And you want to look at it from your perspective. Was I happy in the relationship? What do I wish had changed? What could have been better? You can look at what you've, what you could have done better. You could have communicated better, maybe earlier. You learn from that. You can't go back in time, uh. and just prepare. You talked about giving him some space. I think that's proper too. Listen, I can take. I want to talk to you a little bit more off, um, off uh, when we hang up for a second. Okay. Okay? okay. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. Be back with you after this. Toll free one eight seven seven R K E N A. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Modern life is often hectic, especially for couples with children, and even more so for dual-career couples with children. It's nearly impossible to become sexually aroused when you are exhausted. A Newsweek article on sex and marriage told the story of Maddie, who had enjoyed sex with her husband, Roger, but her increasingly busy life, children, career, and so on, left her too tired for intimacy. In an effort to be romantic, Roger would typically light a candle in the bedroom, but Maddie told New Week, I would see it and say, oh God, not that candle. It was just the feeling that I had to give something I didn't have. Sex was low on Maddie's priority list and had become a duty, an unwanted obligation. Being intimate out of self-sacrificial duty when you're tired is guaranteed to take the joy out of sex. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com.